0: Welcome to the LifePoint Palm Bay Sermon Podcast. We encourage you to make copies of this message, but please don't charge for those copies. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Palm Bay, please visit lifepointpb.com. All right. You clapping for them or me coming up or, you know, all right. Um, If you need a Bible this morning, just wave at one of the guys, one of the ushers there. They have Bibles for you. You can take and turn over to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. So if you've forgotten yours this morning, maybe you left it at home or in the car, then you just wave at one of these guys. Again, I've shared this before, but I want you to know it. We put it on the screen, but I encourage you to look, get used to looking in God's Word. Now, some of you turn your Bibles on. I realize that. A lot of electronic Bibles these days. That's okay, I guess. I think it's still inspired. Um, But (laughs) I'm kidding. It, It is. But Um, but there's just something, I guess I'm old school, there's just something about having pages between your fingers. And um, although the nice thing about electronic, I have to say, as you get older and it's harder to see, Uh, you can make it as big as you want, you know, and uh, so that is a a nice feature about electronic. Luke chapter 5, we're going to talk about new ways with old things. New ways with old things. Um, anybody see this picture? I think, did the pictures make it in? We'll find out here in a second. Did the picture, is there a picture up here? Um, yes, there it is. Um, anybody see this picture? It was just taken a couple days ago. Who knows where that is? Grand Canyon, Grand canyon absolutely. Anybody ever seen it like that? No. Probably not, because I don't think it's happened before. They said where the snow actually goes all the way to the bottom of the canyon. Um, I've been there, and Lori and I've been there when there was snow up in the higher parts of the can- higher elevation of the canyon, but they're saying that this is very unique. Lori showed me this picture, and she said, I think this is a a, a picture, an illustration of what you're talking about this week. And she's right. The canyon is old. It's been there a long time. But the snow and the way it looks right now is new. It's a new thing with something that's old. So we come into a new year. That's what we're going to talk about today. That's what God loves to do. He loves to do new things with something that's old. And it helps us to have an understanding of how the Lord does that. Because if we're not careful, we've got the wrong mindset of what new is and what new really means. So I want you to look with me in Luke chapter 5 because Jesus explains it for us. He gives us a picture so that we can see it. Luke 5, beginning in verse 33. And they said to him, that's his disciples said to him, the disciples of John fast often. That's John the Baptist. They fast often and offer prayers, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. In other words, teacher, master, that's who he was. He was their teacher. He was their master. They were following and learning from him, and they said, hey, John, with his disciples, they fast a lot, and so do the Pharisees. They're all fasting. We haven't been fasting. We're not fasting with you. You're not leading us or teaching us to do that, but but yours eat and drink. Notice what he said. And Jesus said to them, Can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. Well, who is he talking about when he says the bridegroom? (laughs) Himself. Jesus, right. He's talking about himself. He's using a picture, an analogy that they'll understand, a Jewish wedding custom where they would have... Jewish weddings lasted for days. Not just, you know, a few hours like ours where, we, you know, we have a ceremony and then we have a reception and then boom, everybody runs. Um, Jewish weddings could last for days and days and there would be this feast. Remember, Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding in Canaan. And you think, well, you know, if they just lasted a few hours, how'd they run out of wine? The problem was they didn't just last a few hours. They were going for days and days and days. And people would just stay and they'd eat and you fed them and they drank and there's all this going on. <laughs> And Jesus said, while the bridegroom is still with them, it's not the time for them to fast. It's not the time for them to be engaged in that. There's not a need Because of the relationship, the uniqueness of the relationship that I have with them while I'm here, personally present with them in bodily form, they don't need to be doing that. But the time is coming. By the way, fasting is a very biblical thing. Once Jesus left and until he returns, it is a part of the Christian's life to have times of fasting. And the in scripture here talks about fasting and prayer. I don't want to get too far off into this or side track, but while we're talking about it, I want to throw it out for you. The reason I believe that Jesus said it's important to fast when the bridegroom is gone, one of the things that fast... Fasting does not give you brownie points with God, okay? Can we just take that off the table? You're like, oh, I'm in real trouble. I need to fast, all right? You may be in real trouble, and you may need to fast, but it doesn't give you brownie points. like, oh, he's fasting. He's serious, all right? You know, I'm going I'm to do extra for him. No. Grace is grace, and God's mercy is applied. Fasting isn't designed so that you and I can earn brownie points with God. Fasting is something that you and I do to be able to focus our senses and for God to focus our senses on Him and what He might want to say to us. And so it's an important thing. It's an appropriate thing to do and should be a part of a believer's life. There are going to be times that God calls you to fast. As a matter of fact, I would challenge you even in the beginning of this new year if the Holy Spirit would lead you to take a day, and just dedicate, even if you just do 24 hours of fasting, to be able to take and set aside your normal caloric consumption to be able to just seek the Lord. Now, it's not just not eating, okay? Some you say, well, I need to lose some weight anyway, so I'll just not eat. That is not the purpose of fasting either, all right? That may be a side benefit, but that's not a purpose of fasting. The purpose of fasting is to seek the Lord. It's to have your spirit in tune with His Spirit. And so it's an important thing. And I want you to notice something about this. Jesus did not turn to them and say, You guys, that's so old fashioned. They shouldn't fast anymore. That's I mean, that's so yesterday. Don't fast. You don't do that anymore. Jesus does not say that. Do you see him say that anywhere? He does not in any way disparage fasting. As a matter of fact, he makes it clear there are gonna be times where they should fast. This is not one of those times, but there's a time coming when they should fast. He is not disparaging the old. He's not saying that there's any problem with the old. He didn't say that he does not intimate that in any way he simply says right now is a time for something new something different this is really really important you have to understand this foundation you say "Troy, why are we looking at this you will not understand what's coming next the the parable that he's going to use and the illustrations he's going to use if you don't get what he's saying here and the spirit that he's saying it you'll miss the application of what's coming next Jesus is not, sometimes we have this picture of Jesus as the ultimate radical, that he's just out there blowing everything up and starting everything new. That really wasn't, gee, there were times he blew stuff up, I mean, not literally, but you know, where he would mess up their thinking, but he wasn't a radical in that way. The scripture talks about when Jesus was here, he fulfilled all of the law. He didn't come and say, oh, it doesn't matter, there's no point to it anymore. He said, no, I'm going to fulfill it, every part of it. It does matter, it is valid, and I'm going to fulfill every bit of it. I'm not going to destroy it, I'm going to fulfill it. He wasn't a radical in the sense of saying everything that old is old is bad. He simply said there are new times and new ways that I want to work through old things. And you got to be ready for that. You got to be open to it. Look at the next verse with me. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. What is he saying? He's saying you don't take a piece of cloth that has not been shrunk, that hasn't been washed and gone through the process and shrunk and has some wear to it. You don't put that with an old because if you do, when it shrinks, when it changes, when it goes through the process that normally happens with cloth, it'll make another tear. It will damage the other. He said you don't take and put this new with the old now again if you and I don't understand the spirit that Jesus is speaking in, you're gonna think okay he's condemning the old he's saying we just got to have new stuff nothing old that's not what he's saying all right if that's your understanding of this passage you understand it wrong all right that is not what he's saying let's keep reading and no one puts new wine into old wine skins but if he does the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed, but new wine must be put into fresh wineskins or new wineskins, depending on your translation. It says new wine, new wineskins. Now, here's the interesting thing about this in this verse before we go on. There are, well, there are several Greek words for new, but two primary ones that are used: naos and kinos, all right? Two Greek words that you'll see most of the time when you're talking about new. And the interesting thing is both of them are used in this one verse. New wine, that's neos wine. What is neos? You say, what what does that mean? Uh, If we said we had a newborn babe, that means we're introducing something that has not been before. It's new, it's created new. It hasn't been here before. This is the new. So when we say we have some, uh, if we have a newborn baby let me give you an example in Mark 16 Jesus said that when the spirit comes and when the, when, when the kingdom begins to, to move out one of the evidence you're going to see is they will speak with new tongues it's in Mark 16 in Acts chapter 2 at the day of Pentecost the scripture says they began to speak with some translations say new uh, the other translations say they spoke with other tongues now this is kainos This is not the first word. This is the second word. This is is not something that's brand new. This is something that has existed before, but is now being used for a new purpose. When Scripture says in Matthew 27, Jesus was was buried in a borrowed tomb, or in some translation, it says a new tomb, kainos. It wasn't that it was brand new, had never been there before, was newly created. It was something that had been there before but was now repurposed. It was renewed. It was used for a new purpose. Do you understand the difference? Something that's brand new that's never been here before, something created new, a newborn babe, naos. Kinos is, it's been here, it's been here before, but now it's being used for a purpose that's never been used for before. You say, Troy, so What? What does it matter? It makes all the difference in the world. See, if I read this passage of Scripture, and I go into a new year, and I think, what I need is just new things in my life. I need new, never-before, newly-created things in my life And this passage kind of lines up with that. New wine, this new, brand new thing that God wants to do has to go into brand new wineskins. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying, no, rather, I have a brand new thing that I want to do in you and through you. I'm going to do it through something old that I'm making new. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this work in you. I want you to look at this. Here's another, again, if you don't understand what Jesus is saying, these verses don't make a whole lot of sense. No one after drinking old wine desires new, for he says the old is good. What is he saying? He's not disparaging, again, old things. or what. We're, he's telling us how we are as human beings. How are we? We like what we know. We like what we know. How many of you go to a certain restaurant and you always eat the same thing? Look at there. Look around. Hold your hands up. Look around. Look around. We are creatures of habit. We like what we know. And somebody else will eat something and if they order it, I'll take a bite of it. But I'm not gonna I'm gonna get my usual because I know I like it. And then I'm gonna encourage Lori to order something strange or out there and I'll take a bite of it. And if it's no good she can finish it and I'll eat mine. That's how I discover new things. Somebody else order it, let me have a bite. Do you do that in your family? Everybody orders something different than all taste You guys anybody else do that? Yeah? We try to do it in a sanitary way, but you know. All right. <laughs> we are creatures of habit. We like what we know. Even if what we know is bad, we prefer it. I'd rather the bad that I know than the good that might be that I don't know. Because at least I know this. It may be awful, but I know how to cope. I know how to deal with this, it's my norm I understand it, it makes sense I know where I fit in this and even if it's bad, I'd rather be here that's what Jesus is saying he's saying nobody who starts off desires the new they think, because the old is good it's okay, it's the word here, in some of your translations it says better, but the Greek word here literally means it's it's adequate it's sufficient, it will it, it gets the job done gets the job done this whole passage jesus is saying i want to do new things in your life by the way i think it's not just us individually but corporately as well as church through the years if you've been here very long over the last five ten years god's done a lot of new things he's done, He's doing new things right now but he's done a lot of new things we have we have experienced in cert, to certain degrees, in certain areas, we've experienced new wine, a new work of God, a, a fresh drink for the season, literally. We've experienced it. we've tasted it. My concern is, is because we've done that, we will do what humans do and say the old is good. Let's stop right here. Let's go no further. We, we know this. This was challenging enough. You know, this stretched us enough. See, this is the picture with the wineskin. They would take wineskins, and, and by the way, is there a picture up there? I think there's a picture. When they talk about wineskin, literally, they're talking about an animal. I mean, you still see the little legs and feet down there. I mean, it's, you know, usually goat skin, you know, some type of animal skin that's used for, for this wineskin. And when they would put grape juice in it because it started out as grape juice it would begin to ferment Uh, especially without any refrigeration without being able to keep it cold in that climate it would quickly begin to ferment and it would produce the gases that go along with fermentation all right carbon monoxide all the things that are produced there and that skin would begin to swell as this process went on and it would go on for a number of months see we think of wine in a bottle okay that's how we think of it but when Jesus is talking about it they put it Generally, it would go, they might initially put it into a jar of some sort, but it would eventually go into a skin like this to continue the fermentation process. And after a period of time, I think four or five months, it would get to the point where that began to die down. And it, but in that time, that skin would be stretched to the max. It would be stretched and stretched. All the elasticity of it would be, would be put to the test. And it would get to a point where it could stretch no more. And about that time, the fermentation process would begin to wind down. Now, here's the problem, though. If you had to go kill an animal and have new skins every time you harvested gray, you go through a lot of animals, okay? A lot of skins to be able to do this. So what they would do is they could take an old skin like this one that had been used before, and they could renew it. They could make it new again. Now, how would they do that? They would simply take it and put it in fresh water. And they would put it in this fresh water, and it would begin and allow the water to begin to rinse it, to wash it, to take out the, those, um, the different gases, to kind of wash away the, the things that had been going on with that and restore, but kind of permeate again within the skin and restore a moisture and elasticity to it. They would let it soak, they'd rinse it, let it soak for a while, then they'd take it out and dry it, and then they could reuse this. When Jesus said, you're going to put new wine, naos, brand new, brand new work that I want to do, but you're going to put it in new wineskins. He used kynos. Not brand new, wineskins that have been renewed. Wineskins that have been made new. Not a brand new thing, something that new I want to do in them. Now here's, here's the point. If I were to go around and ask this morning, or were to say to you in this first sermon of the year I have a list of 10 things that you need to do this year so that you can walk with the Lord more closely you can know him more intimately you can experience what he has for you if I gave you 10 things some of you, maybe a lot of you would look at me and say Troy, if I have to do one more thing I'll bust, I'll break I can stretch no further and I would say to you you're right you're right and so am I I'm at that point too. You give me one more thing to do, I can stretch. As a matter of fact, what often happens to us as believers is we keep adding this one more thing, one new thing, without this renewing of the wineskin, and we do bust. And then there's loss. There's damage and loss. Jesus is saying, I want to renew you so that I want to make you new so that you can receive the new thing that I want to do in you this year not just this year, every day throughout this year and the next year and every year it's really interesting to me that we keep looking for some new thing and the Lord says no, I just simply want to show my redeeming power in the old thing, that's what I want to do I want to take you, by the way the water in Scripture has it, it's used as a type for two primarily for two things. You know what those two things are? I heard somebody whispered over here, Holy Spirit's one. Matter of fact, John seven thirty seven says, Out of you shall flow rivers of living water. And he said this speaking of the Holy Spirit who was to come. The Holy Spirit is used of water, this work of the Holy Spirit in you and me. So this immersing, if you will, in the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. You know the other one? The word. But it's interesting, it's, in Ephesians 5, it says, it's talking about husbands and what we're supposed to do with our wives, but it says because Jesus does this with the church, he washes them in the water of the word. But the word there, the Greek word that's translated word in that passage is rhema. Not just the written word, the logos, the logos. Not just what's written down here, but... The Holy Spirit speaking it directly. Rama literally means utterance. It is God. You know, you know what a rhema is. You've been reading the word of God. You've been reading a passage in here before. And you've read it before. It's not the first time. But all of a sudden, you see it. It's like it has flashing lights on it. It speaks to you or a situation that you're going through like nothing. It blows your mind. It's like, wow, I can't even believe that. And you go read it to your friends and say, isn't this, cool? isn't this cool? And they look at you and think, yeah, it's cool. You know, they're, they're not all excited. about it. Why? Because it's not a rhema for them. It's just logos for them. But for you, it was an utterance. It was a revelation of God for you. That's Ramah. He says, this is what I want to do to you. I don't want you just to read this out of rote. I don't want you to just be, okay, I've read my chapter today or my two or whatever your Bible reading plan. By the way, it's great to have a Bible reading plan. I'm not, I'm not disparaging any of that. Again, we are not against old things just for the sake of being against old things. Having a Bible reading plan is a good thing as long as you allow God to do something new in it if you don't it just becomes a ritual that you go through just a ritual you say Troy you talk about hearing the utterance what does that sound like I've never heard an audible voice I mean I have but it's usually people (laughs) it's not God I've heard God speak through people, and that was an audible voice. But I've never heard God speak in an audible voice. Some people have. I mean, they, they te- have give testimony to having heard God in an audible, vo- in an audible way. Ron Dunn used to say, it's not audible, it's louder than that. And that's been my experience. It's not audible, it's louder than that. There is this, just the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart and there's such a ring of truth in it that every part of my being recognizes that's true. Now, I also recognize it because usually I don't like it. (laughs) So I also know it's God because generally I don't like it. It's like, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't make sense. Which is usually my first cue. That's my first clue. God's speaking. He's telling me something. As you go into this new year, That's what Jesus wants to do. He wants you and I to be willing to be immersed in this washing, this this renewing, this cleansing effect that comes by His Spirit and His Word to us. So that He can pour in this new thing that He wants to do. And by the way, He's always doing a new thing. He always is. And... If we don't go through the renewing process, if we don't go through the washing process, the new thing will always scare us. It always will. Because I don't know it. I've never been there before. I feel stretched already. But if I go through that renewing, that wash... You know what the renewing and the washing does? It makes the skin flexible again. It makes it pliable again. Otherwise, it just gets hard and brittle. It makes it pliable and flexible which is exactly what the Spirit and the Word do to your heart and my heart. It makes it pliable and flexible. Do you know the greatest danger for a believer? It's a hard heart. A hard heart. It's not pliable. It's not flexible anymore. Why? Because we're not being immersed in this work that the Spirit wants to do. You say, how do I do that? it's not complicated you, you don't even need a pen and paper for this alright it's not hard it's every day do what we did here in the service get before the Lord bow yourself before him you don't have to physically bow all the time but I mean it's good but you can do it standing up, sitting down laying. I mean it doesn't matter but you get before him and you say Lord here's my heart work by your spirit and your word And speak to me. I want to immerse my heart again in the water of your spirit and the water of your word. Every day. I'm open. I'm available. You can do what you want in me. It's really no more complicated than that. You say, but that seems seems too easy. I mean, there's got to be more to it. If there is, I don't know it. I don't know it from his word either. Because the scripture simply says that if we humble ourselves, he pours out grace. It says, if we seek him, we find him. If we call on him, he answers. But he told the children of Israel, he said, You had the right words. You said the right words, but your heart was far from me. So it's not just my words. It literally is an openness of my heart. It's a willingness to present it. It's a willingness to say, Lord, by your spirit and by your word, here it is. Here's my heart. Here's the deepest part of who I am. I present to you. So you can pour whatever new work you want to into me. Jesus loves to do new things with old stuff. He renews it. I thought about it. One of the examples that came to my mind that we we say it a lot. Somebody gets a a new vehicle and we go, is that a new car? And they'll look and say, it's new to me. What do they mean by that? It's not brand new. It's not naos. It's kinos. It's new to me. I've not had it before. It's not necessarily newly created, but it's new to me. Folks, I don't know about you, but this excites me because part of the lie that the enemy is so effective with you and me is, let me see if I can illustrate it. You can come play if you want to because I'm almost done. All right? When our kids were little, have you? those of you who are parents, you recognize the fact that your children were born with the personality they've had their whole life. It doesn't change a whole lot. I mean, you see, you see evidence of it from day one. And as they get bigger, you just see more evidences of it. But it's, it's often the same. All of my children, unique, but that way. You saw from day one, tendencies they would have, personality traits. And then they got to be toddlers. And we start taking walks and going out. We begin to explore the world. And their personality comes out. Katie was one who was always going to the next thing, and so she didn't take a lot of time to look and smell the roses along the way, all right? She was one of those, and she still is that today, just that go, 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 and she was that way as a child, as a, as a toddler, as an infant, really. Andrew, from the time the boy could walk, he ran. I mean, for years, he never walked anywhere. He ran, every I mean, he did not start walking. He started running. I mean, just boom. And he ran everywhere he went. Still does most of the time, running through the house, banging into walls, slamming stuff, you know, just still does. Just ran. So there wasn't a lot of time to stop and smell the roses either to see all this stuff. But when Elizabeth came along, she was unique from the other two in the sense that you take a walk with Elizabeth and you'd go about three feet and you'd have to stop because everything she'd stop and she'd explore. And it was brand new and it was fascinating. Cracking the side, sidewalk, a bug, you know, something splattered, it didn't matter, you know, the fire hydrant, dog poop, it didn't matter, you know, every, everything was fascinating, it was brand new, never seen it before, and it was exciting, and, and it would be exciting as an adult to watch their excitement, you know, I mean, sometimes it was irritating, because like, we're trying to get somewhere, but, you know... <laughs> but there's a joy and and I look at it and I wonder sometimes what is it that as parents we say we miss as our kids grow up I think that's one of the things we miss is watching them discover things that are new and the joy that it brings them and the joy it brings you to watch because it's not new to you you've seen it a thousand times but you forgot the wonder of it and they rediscovered it all over again reminded you I read this passage and that's what I think of. Is that there are things that you and I have looked at situations people and relationships and all kinds of stuff that we have looked at and we have looked at and we've seen it a thousand times. It's not new to us anymore. But Jesus says, I want to do something new in that old thing. And you're going to rediscover the wonder of watching me redeem and rework and do what only I can do. See, we don't have to move to a new place. I don't have to have a house I've never had before. I don't have to have, this, I don't have, to have anything other than Jesus pouring new wine into these renewed wineskins. That's all I need. I don't need anything else. He can bring such joy with what I had seen a thousand times, but he's doing something new in it. He can cause my heart to rejoice. I've tasted a little bit of this. I've got a long way to go in my life, but I've tasted a little bit of it. I can tell you there's a satisfaction in getting to the place where every day it's like, Lord, I want to see the new thing that you're going to do with something old there's a joy there's an excitement there's an anticipation change your thinking forever that you have to have a completely new thing in order to have joy and wonder no the greatest joy and wonder comes when you see jesus do a new thing with something that's old years ago in a real difficult time as a church i was convinced that what needed to happen was i needed to leave here and go start something new and try to follow what I believe God was saying in a new place, brand new church you know, new set of people, the whole thing that makes sense and a lot of people do that and that's God's calling, that's fine I'm not, I'm not in any way minimizing that but his calling to me was very clear it was Troy, don't leave I want you to stay and I'm going to show you that I can do a new thing with something that's old this is the story of redemption. It's all around us. will not you stand with me? How many of you got something old in your life you'd like to chunk? You'd like to leave it right here and not take it with you. I mean, if you had your druthers, you got an old thing you'd like to give it. Okay, a lot of us. Can you believe today that Jesus could do something brand new in that old thing? He can. You say, I'm not sure I believe that. Well, look in the mirror. Has he done anything new in you? You say, Well, yeah. There's your evidence. He can do something new with the old. See, it's interesting in 1 Corinthians 5 when it says that we are new creations. By the way, that's naos. That's brand new. He came inside our spirit and he made us brand new. He he literally transformed us into something we had never been before. We were dead. Now we're alive. We were his enemies. Now we're his children. We were orphans and he made us part of the family. We're what we never were before. That's naos. That happened, spiritually happened in us. But in my soul, what does Romans say? Keep on being renewed, renewed, made new. It's us. Keep on letting God do something new in your mind, in your will, your emotions, how you think, how you feel, what you desire. Let him keep doing something new in the old. That's what he does. That's what he wants to do this year. Why don't you close your eyes with me? Just so there's no distraction. Just close your eyes. You already presented yourself this morning, I hope. And if you did, would you say, Lord, I presented myself so that you could do a new thing with the old. I repent. I repent. You say, what am I repenting of? Thinking that I had to have something brand new in order to have joy, in order to have hope, in order to experience purpose. I don't have to have brand new. I just have to have Jesus do a new thing and what he has renewed. Just ask him Lord, would you do a new thing? Would you do your new work this year? In those old things, in the old ways. I believe with everything in me that's his plan. That's what he said he wants to do this year. And by his grace, I don't want to hold on to the old and forsake the new. I want to let the old be renewed so it can keep on receiving the new thing he wants to do. If that's your desire, you just tell him, Lord. That's what I want. I want you to keep renewing the old so it can keep on receiving the new. Keep on making me soft and pliable. My heart, I present it before you, Lord. While you're praying, I just have this prompting and you stay in that attitude of prayer, but I've said this before. I'm going to challenge you again, though, as you start this new year. Every day, have times where you just stop and you do this very thing. You present your heart and say, Lord, I just want to be with you. I want you to renew the old. I want you to renew me now. I want you to make new. I want you to wash and, and, and reinvigorate that which has been stretched to the limit. That which has been stretched so far, Lord, I don't think i to be stretched any further. And he says, oh, but let me renew that. Every day to spend time with him. And you say, well, Pastor, when do you do that? All throughout the day. There are times early in the morning, times in the middle of the morning, times late at night, times in the middle of the afternoon. It doesn't matter. Every time I sense need every time I just come back to him oh, as you start this new year experience the truth of what Jesus wants us to see he says let me pour new wine into renewed wineskins lord do your work in your people and if there's someone here today who doesn't know you Jesus, they've never been made new. They're not a new creation. Lord, today as you're drawing by your spirit, would you just give them grace to respond to you and say, "Lord, here I am. I believe you Jesus, you're exactly who you say you are." Would you give them grace to do that? Those who know you here today, Lord, all of us, we need to be renewed. <laughs> we must be. So, would you do that work? Just renew us. Cause us to see it and to experience it, to believe that this is possible. I pray for those just a moment ago, and I'm with them. We raised our hand to say there's some stuff in our life we'd just like to throw away some of that old stuff. And Lord, some of it you may want to discard. That's your choice. But Lord, there's a lot of things in us that you want to renew. You want to do something supernatural that we never imagined possible. So do that in us. We present ourselves and we ask you to do that. And as we walk through this year, Lord, may we see evidence over and over again of not just the new work that you're doing, but that you're doing it through those who have been renewed, those who have been made soft and pliable again. We want to stay that way before you, Lord. Lord, make us alert. Give us discernment when our heart gets hard and so easy for it to happen so lord make us alert to it by your grace and your mercy oh lord show us show us show me and thank you for what you're doing and what you've got in store we give you glory. All the glory, Jesus, belongs to you. Thank you that you redeem, that you buy back, that you make new that which was old, that you restore what we could never restore. Thank you that you do that. It's who you are. We praise you. And all God's people said, amen. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Do you need parts.